Jeremiah chapter number 18. It's one of those passages you never feel like you can do true justice. Uh, really, all passages are that way, but there's so much truth and so much rich, excuse me, richness. But we're going to look at it today. Jeremiah chapter number 18. If you're physically able this morning, I would ask you to stand. We're going to read God's Word. We'll allow the children to be dismissed to junior church and to toddler church this morning. Let's begin reading in Jeremiah 18, verse 1. The Bible says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? If you're taking notes this morning, that's the title of our message, verse number 6. Cannot I do with you? At what instant, verse number 7, I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up, or excuse me, to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it, If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Father, I ask that you take this passage and do a work in the hearts of your people today. Father, I do pray, if there be one here today, or maybe even a handful, or maybe even several, Lord, I do not know, that have never come to the knowledge of Christ, they've never had their sins forgiven, washed Beneath the blood, Father, they have never been born again. Father, today I pray that today would be their spiritual birthday, that that blood would be applied and they would forever be changed. And Father, for us as believers, Father, I pray that You'd help us to understand once again, to be reminded once again that You do not desire for our lives to be marred with sin. Yes, we're saved and yes... Our souls are protected. We're we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. But Father, You expect some things from us. You expect a life of holiness. You expect a life of usefulness. And Father, many times sin mars that. Father, I pray that if You need to take us to the wheel once again this morning, I pray that You would allow, or we would allow You to do so. Father, I pray that You'd help pray that you teach. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would have freedom to move in our midst today. May your presence be evident. May we never ever come to this place. And everything we do, we do it in the flesh. And we feel like we don't need any help. We don't feel like we, we need any direction. And we just do it all in our flesh and in our power. Father, we know that is vain. It's useless. Father, may we be yielded to your Spirit today, whether it be speaker or hearer. Father, may we listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit today. May we listen to the leading of your Word today. And may we leave here different than when we came in. And Father, we'll surely give you the honor and the glory and the praise even right now for what you'll do in our hearts in these next few moments. We commit them to you. We ask that you'd bless them. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. God is the preeminent illustrator. 
And here in Jeremiah chapter numbers 18 and 19, the Lord is going to drive home a most powerful truth to His people. In Jeremiah chapter 18, that is exactly who God is dealing with. He's dealing with His people. He's dealing with Judah. He's dealing with the nation of Israel. He's dealing with His people. Some would take Jeremiah 18 and and preach a salvation message. I'm okay with that. I'm not against that. I wouldn't argue with anybody for doing that. By the way, let me say this. If you're here this morning and you don't have any confidence, if someone were to come to you today and ask you if death were to take you today, are you sure that you're going to go to heaven? When you took your last breath here and stepped over the threshold into eternity, are you confident that you'd be in the very presence of the Lord? And You might say, well, pastor, nobody can know that. Well, we can. Because the Bible is true, God is not a liar, He is not a man that He can lie. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you don't have confidence that when you take that very last breath here and step over into eternity that you're going to be into heaven, you can have that confidence today. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, we just read about it in Titus chapter 2 this morning in Sunday school. In Titus chapter 2 verse number 11, the Bible says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Jesus Christ came, the grace of God sent His Son to this earth. He was born, He lived, He went to the cross of Calvary, He shed His blood, He was buried in a tomb because He actually died, and three days later He arose again victorious over sin, death, and the grave. And the Bible says anybody, any man, woman, boy, child, teenager, who places their faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, in the shed blood of Christ, shall be saved. And Fred, if you've never done that today, you can do it before you leave today. By the way, you can do it right now sitting in your pew. You'd call out like the publican there in the book of Luke. And he beat upon his chest. The Pharisee said, I'm glad I'm not like this publican. And the publican just very simply standing over in the corner. He didn't even come close. And he beat on his chest and he said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And you could pray that, even that prayer right there today. God, have mercy upon me, a sinner, and He'll save your soul. But my message this morning... It's for believers this morning primarily. God is dealing with His children, with the nation of Israel this morning, specifically with Judah here in the book of Jeremiah. And He deals with us in the church age as His children, believers, born again, blood-bought children. He deals with us in a very similar manner. And I want to give us some truths out of Jeremiah chapters 18 and 19 this morning that I pray will be a help to us this morning, and specifically in verse number 6. Cannot I do with you as this potter? You believe God is omnipotent? Doesn't matter if we believe it or not, He is. But I believe that you do believe it. He is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's, he's anything that we could, He's almighty. He's any word that we can speak of this morning. God is that. He is all powerful. You may have walked in here this morning and and nobody in this auditorium, nobody on this property knows what you're going through, knows how sin maybe has marred your life, knows the issues that you're dealing with this morning. Listen, the potter, the potter desires for vessels that are useful for him. That's the whole point and we'll get to that in just a moment. But God desires for a vessel to be useful, for a vessel to be for his honor and his glory, for a vessel to be beautiful for him. God desires for that this morning. 
And boy, He can take that clay this morning and He can mold it and He can make it and He can fill the holes and He can take what the sin has marred, take what sin has blemished and scarred and take it useful, make it useful for Him. Let me give you three truths this morning from these two chapters, if I could. Number one this morning, I want us to see the picture of the potter. Because God sends Jeremiah, He tells Jeremiah, He says, look, I want you to go to the potter's house because I'm going to teach you something there. There at the potter's house, I'm going to teach you a great lesson of which you're going to take to Judah and you're going to give it to Judah and you're going to teach Judah. But at the potter's house... I'm going to teach you a wonderful lesson, the picture of the potter. First of all, it is the picture of the potter's house. The picture of the potter's house. And the potter's house is the place where work is wrought. It is the place where work is wrought. He uses the will, whether it's the will of the Scriptures, whether it's the will of the Spirit. By the way, whether it's the will of suffering. He uses that will to make and mold that clay into exactly what He desires it to be. We live in a day and we live in a church age and we, we live in a time in Christianity and a time during the church age where, where, where we, we, we... And I, look, I understand, I'm not saying we want it this morning, but, but, but we're, so, we're so adamant against suffering. I, I don't want to suffer, I shouldn't suffer. Listen, the children of God are going to suffer. That's how God takes that will and He applies a little pressure and He puts the perfect marks and the perfect designs that He wants in that piece of pottery, in that clay. He makes it exactly the way He wants to make it. And number one, this morning we see the picture of the potter is the picture of the potter's house. The potter's house is the place where work is wrought. But secondly, it's the picture of the potter's hands. And the potter's hands... Show us the power by which the marred are made again. It shows us the power by which the marred are made again. That word marred, it means flawed, it means blemished, it means scarred, it means disfigured. And by the way, all because of sin. That's what sin does. You know this, I don't have to tell you this, but sin is not our friend. The world, the flesh, and the devil are not our friends. I've said it many, many times what this world is looking for. It's looking for some genuine Christianity, genuine Christians. Because a lot of people, maybe even some people sitting in here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's a good message and that's a good word. You you know, the potter can take take that which is marred and made it again. But Pastor, I've never even seen a genuine Christian. I'm going to tell you what, there are a lot of Christians who aren't genuine. But can I tell you this, there are a lot who are. There are a lot who are striving and, and desiring to do and to live and to do that which is right and to allow God to mold them. And By the way, the Bible tells us once I get saved that I am, am conformed to the image of Christ. That's what He's trying to do. He's trying to conform me to His image. By the way, if, if the great sufferer, Jesus Christ, could suffer for us, and if I'm going to be conformed to him, His image, I can suffer for Him. I can absolutely suffer for Him. Number one, the picture of the potter, the picture of the potter's house. 
I mentioned this last Sunday so many times. And again, please, please don't misunderstand. So many times our prayer meetings and our prayer requests, they're all physical. You know, occasionally we ought to, we ought to pray for some spiritual prayers. God, would you help brother so-and-so because, boy, he, he's on the potter's wheel this week. God's molding him. God's marking him up this week. God's designing him this week exactly the way he wants him to be. God, help him this week. God, give him the grace that he needs this week to, uh, to be able to uh, enable him to be able to endure, to be able to have the strength to make it through. One of the picture of the potter's, the picture of the potter's house, the place where work is wrought. It's the picture of the potter's hand, the power by which the marred are made again. Look at there again in verse number one. The Bible says the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words. He's teaching him. He's teaching him a lesson. He's going to give him a word. He's going to give him a message. That's, by the way, that's why we don't call them sermons. We call them messages. Sermons are a dime a dozen. You can get them on the internet. You need somebody who's going to spend some time with God and get a message with God. I'm not talking about something new. I'm talking about something that's already here. But he's getting a message from God, from God's Word. And God sends Jeremiah down to the potter's house. He said, I'm going to give you my word there. And the Bible says, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. He's putting pressure on that clay. He throws that clay on there. And then he takes his hands and begins to put the pressure, and he begins to mold it the way he desires for it to be. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. But pastor, God is omnipotent. How could it be marred in His hand? He is all-powerful. Oh, but He gives us a free will. One of the lines in the song that the lady sang, I can't remember exactly, but it spoke about the will of the clay. We're going to get to that in just a moment. That's the key. That's the key. It's the will of the clay in the potter's hand. See, God had an everlasting love for the nation of Israel, for Judah. But they were never submissive in His hands. He had that clay in His hand. He had that clay on the potter's wheel. And occasionally there would be pressure. And He's trying to put His mark on it. Trying to put His design on it. But the clay would never be submissive to the hands of the potter. And we'll see that here in chapter number 18. And the vessel that He made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So He made it again another vessel as seemed good. To the potter to make it. He's, he's teaching him. He's looking at this, this physical potter making this clay and it's marred in his hand. So he takes it and maybe just smushes it all together again and he makes something again. And in verse number 5, then he, hey Jeremiah, here's what I want you to learn. Here's the word that I have for you, Jeremiah. I said in verse 2, I, I'm going to send you down there and I'll cause thee to hear my words. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, verse number 6, O house of Israel, Cannot I, just as the potter did, just as that human potter, cannot I do with you as this potter? Cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Number one, the picture of the potter. But number two, the value of the vessel. The value of the vessel. In verse number four, it says, as seemed good to the potter. The value of the vessel. Why is the vessel so important? We're going to go quickly because I want to get to the last point because this is our key this morning. 
the value of the vessel. Two things here quickly. The vessel is to be unique in its marks. And number two, the vessel is to be useful to its master. The vessel is to be unique in its mark. It's not supposed to be marred and blemished with sin. It's supposed to be unique in its marks. And secondly, the vessel is to be useful to its master. You don't have to turn there, but let me, let me read a couple passages in the New Testament for you, if I could. Beginning in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 17. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 17. The Apostle Paul, he says, From henceforth let no man, from henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Oh, Pastor, I, yeah, yeah, but that's talking about the persecution that he went through. That's talking about the stripes that he took on his back. I bear in my body the marks of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. He's bearing in his body the same marks that Jesus Christ bore for him. And Jesus Christ takes that clay and He molds it and He wants to put His mark on it. He wants to put His design on it. He wants us to make, he wants to make us just like Him. By the way, in this same chapter, Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 14, the Bible says, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. You know what the Apostle Paul said? The world... Now I'm not talk, He's not talking about the people in the world. That's why Paul was here, wasn't it? He was the Apostle to who? To the Gentiles. He was here. God had sent him. God had commissioned him for people. To go to people. But he says here in verse number 14, world means nothing to me. He said the world is crucified to me and I to the world. You know what, there, there were some marks on Paul that were different. And some of the marks, one of the marks was he was completely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says for, in verse number 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor circumcision but a new creature. He said when Jesus Christ saved me, He made me a brand new creature. And he says in verse 16, And as many as walk according to this rule, peace beyond them and mercy and upon excuse me, and upon the Israel of God from henceforth. Let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. The vessel is to be unique in its marks, but secondly, the vessel is to be useful to its master. Second Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 20. The Bible says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor, and some to dishonor. Verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the Master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You see, God wanted to use the nation of Israel to be His people, to take His message to the rest of the world. But they would never submit to the potter. You see, dear friend, this morning, you are valuable to the potter. He desires a vessel that bears his mark, that is unique in its marks. And he desires a vessel that is useful to the master. A vessel that has holes, 
poked into it by sin and, 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 and the world and the flesh and the devil, it's not useful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, we see the picture of the potter. Number two, the value of the vessel. But I want us to see number three, the character of the clay. Go back to verse number seven. Jeremiah chapter number 18. At what instant? He says in verse number 6, Cannot I do with you as this potter? In verse 7, At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? And by the way, that's the message he has sent to Judah, right? Jeremiah has been given the message, right? We just saw it recently. In Jeremiah chapter number 9, they weren't valiant for the truth. Jeremiah has been preaching to them. By the way, again, he went to the gates of the temple. The gates where the people came in to worship. They had a semblance of worship. They came to the temple to give God lip service. People do that every Sunday. They'll come to a church building and they'll give God lip service. They'll have a semblance of worship and walk away and never think of Him again during the week. That's what the nation of Israel did. And Jeremiah is preaching and preaching because the Bible says, he said, God said, your lips flatter me, but your heart is far from me. And so he sent Jeremiah to the gates of the temple. We would think that rude. We mentioned that, didn't we? Why would you go to the doors of the church to preach? It's a church. Because everybody that was going there, they were a bunch of hypocrites. And they needed somebody to preach to him. And Jeremiah's been preaching. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. And God says here, look, at the time when I tell a nation I'm getting ready to pluck you up and to tear you down, I'm getting ready to bring judgment. Verse 8, if, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. The key is the clay. Oh, but pastor, the potter is all powerful. Absolutely. But he gives us a free will. He gave Israel a free will. He said, I've told you that I'm getting ready to pluck you down. I'm getting ready to tear you down. But if that nation will repent, if that nation will get right with me, if that nation will repent of the evil, or excuse me, it says turn in verse 8, from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Verse 9, and at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning the kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Now therefore go to speak to the men of Judah. Okay, Jeremiah, I've given you the word. I've given you the word. I've given you the picture. You've gone to the potter's house. You've seen the potter working on the wheel. I've given you the word. Cannot I do the same as that potter? If a nation that I have told I'm going to pluck them up, I'm going to tear them down, if they'll repent, if they'll turn from that evil, I won't do. I won't tear them down and pluck them up. And he says, Jeremiah, now it's time to go tell them. Now therefore go to speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you. And devise a device against you. Now when he says I frame evil against you. He's, just, he's speaking about judgment. 
He's speaking about what's getting ready to happen. He's not talking about sin. I, I, I haven't framed sin against you. No, no, he's talking about the fact I'm getting ready to judge. He said, I frame evil against you and devise a device against you. Return now everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. The character of the clay. He said, make your ways good. Turn from evil. Turn back to that which is right in the Word of God. You know what he says to us as Americans? With our gardens of gods today? Stop putting your trust in everything else but me. Stop giving your time to everything else but me. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn to the good ways. He says, make your ways and your doings good. But notice what they said in verse number 12. The character of the clay. Because in verse number 6, God said, cannot I do just like this potter? I'm God. Cannot I spiritually do just like this physical potter is doing with the clay in his hand? But in verse number 12, and they said, there's no hope. But we will walk after our own devices. And we will, everyone, do the imagination of his evil heart. Wow. What a response. By the way, we find a a very similar response in the latter part of Jeremiah. When Jeremiah goes, and we may look at this, we've looked at it before, we may look at it again sometime soon, but the people come to Jeremiah and they ask him, this is after the captivity, after... They, they've been overtaken after the siege and they asked Jeremiah, should we go to Egypt or not? And Jeremiah goes to God and God says, no, you tell them they better not go to Egypt. And you know what they did? They went to Egypt. They, they didn't listen. They, they said, we're going to do what we want to do. They didn't listen to, to Jeremiah whatsoever. And in one of the, I believe it's chapter 45, 44, 45, the question is asked, whose word will stand? Yours or God's? God's Word always stands. And here in verse number 12, and they said, there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices, and we will everyone do the imagination of His evil heart. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, ask ye now among the heathen. Hey, go ask the heathen. Not even talking about Judah anymore. Not even talking about the nation of Israel. He said, go ask the heathen who hath heard such things. The virgin of Israel hath done a very horrible thing. He said, go ask the heathen if they have ever heard of such a thing happening. Of a people like you, Judah and Israel. You have a God who is so good to you. You have a God who does everything for you. You have a God who protects you. You have a God who wants you to do right. You have a God who loves you. You have a God who wants to bless you. We have, you have a God who wants to make you again. But you said, we will not do it. He said, go ask the heathen if they've ever heard of anything like that. And they'll say no. Never heard of a people doing that. Never heard of a people being so ungrateful. Verse number 14. Will a man leave the snow of Lebanon, which cometh from the rock of the field? Or shall the cold flowing waters that come from another place be forsaken? 
Because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to vanity, and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in paths in a way not cast up, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Everyone that passeth thereby shall be astonished and wag his head. I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Then said they, Come, and let us devise devices against Jeremiah for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come and let us smite him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. Then Jeremiah, give heed to me, O Lord, and hearken to the voice of them that contend with me. Jeremiah begins to speak to the Lord. Lord, you see what they want to do to me? I gave them your word. Back in verses 12, 13, and 14, God, I gave them your word. I asked them the question, how in the world could you go against someone who has been so good to you? How could you be so ungrateful to someone who has loved you so much? The idea there in verse number 14, Will a man leave the snow of Lebanon, which cometh from the rock of the field? The waters of Egypt and Moab were mostly bitter and polluted, but the the, the waters of Lebanon were, were cool. They were, they were clear. They, their source many times was from the melting snow. And God said, will you give that up for the polluted waters of Egypt and Moab? He said, Judah, Israel, house of Israel, that's what you've done. Can I ask us this morning... Will we give up the waters of Lebanon for the waters of the world? Will we give up the water of the Word for what some philosopher says? Or for what some politician says? Or for what a family member says? God has given us His Word and it's pure and it's perfect. Will we give it up? Will we give up the truths in it? Excuse me, will we give up the blessings found in it? Will we give up the, the fellowship that we find with the Father so that we can have fellowship with the world? The character of the clay. There's two characteristics, and we're going to read just a little bit more, but there's two characteristics. The clay can either be rebellious and proud, or it can be repentant and pliable. It can be rebellious and proud, or it can be repentant and pliable. He continues on. Jeremiah begins to speak in verse number 19 and verse number 20. Shall evil be recompensed for good? For they have digged a pit for my soul. Remember that I stood before thee to speak good for them and to turn away the wrath from them. Therefore, Jeremiah begins to speak against them. Therefore, deliver up the children to the famine and pour out their blood by the force of the sword and let their wives be bereaved of their children and be widows and let their men be put to death. Let their young men be slain by the sword in battle. Let a cry be heard from their houses when thou shalt bring a troop suddenly upon them. For they have digged a pit to take me and hid snares for my feet. 
Yet, Lord, Thou knowest all their counsel against me to slay me. Forgive not their iniquity, neither blot out their sin from Thy sight, but let them be overthrown before Thee. Deal thus with them in the time of Thine anger. Look back at verse number 21. Therefore deliver up their children to the famine and pour out their blood by the force of the sword. Let their wives be bereaved of their children and be widows. Read Lamentations lately? That all happens in the book of Lamentations. Or at least we read about it. It didn't happen in Lamentations. Lamentation is a record of it. It's the children who suffer. It's the children who suffer. By the way, it's the children who always suffer. For our bad decisions. For the bad decisions of adults. The children suffer. It's the character of the clay. So let me ask us adults this morning. Will we be repentant and pliable? Or will we be rebellious and proud? Hey teenagers, I ask you the same question. But I'm speaking to adults right now. Will we be rebellious and proud? Or repentant and pliable? Because God gives us a free will. Will we allow Him to take that which is marred by sin, by the world, the flesh, and the devil... And to be conformed into His image. To have His marks. To be unique. Uniquely His. To be useful for Him. Or will we be rebellious and proud? Can you imagine verse number 12? Can you imagine a people who have been loved by God the way they had been loved by God? To say, but we will walk after our own devices. But can I tell you this? We do the same thing. We do the same thing. We hear the Word of God. We hear it and we hear it and we hear it and we hear it and we know it. But we still walk in our own devices. We hear it, 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 we hear it. We hear it, we hear it, we hear it, we hear it, and we know it. But I'm not going to listen to it. Last week we talked about high value targets. I gave you three admonitions. Anybody remember those? From Proverbs 7. Some of you are looking at me like, high value targets? I don't remember that whatsoever. I know, it's been a, it's been a long week, hasn't it? You remember? You remember? Anybody remember three, three admonitions from Proverbs 7? Stop being simple. She has notes. Stay away from her street. Be, be strong in the Savior. Those are the three admonitions. Stop being simple. Stay away from her street. Be strong in the Savior. We know that, don't we? Stop being simple. Wisdom cries. Wisdom wants us to listen. Wisdom wants us to hear her. Son, Solomon wanted his son to listen. Stay away from her street. Stay away from the strange woman. Don't go to her street. Don't go there at night. Don't go to places you ought not go to. Don't get to the edge. Don't do it. But how many times do we do it? And like we said last week, we do it. And then we get in the situation and we say, Oh God, you got to deliver me from this situation. You said if I ever got into temptation, that, that there was no temptation that you couldn't get me out of. No, no, no. He said you shouldn't get in the temptation to begin with. 
But I'm here, God. Get me out of it. Stop being simple. Listen to wisdom. We know it. But when are we going to start listening to it? I'm, look, I'm, I'm speaking with a broad brush this morning. When I say we, I'm talking about Christianity. When are we going to start listening to it? Stop being simple. Stay away from her street. If you have a problem with sin, stay away from it. We know that, don't we? Hey, men, if there's a lady at work that flirts with you, then don't even get close to her. Don't pass by her office. Don't be in the break room when she's there. Go hide yourself in the bathroom if you have to. Now, you think I'm being funny, but I'm being serious. Go hide somewhere if you have to. Stay away from her. Ladies, likewise. If you have a guy that's... Stay away. We know that. Here's my point. We know that. And we, 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 get, we get so baffled at the nation of Israel. How could they make such a statement? We will walk after our own devices. But as American Christians, we do the same thing. We walk after our own devices. We know what the Bible says. But we walk after our own devices. That's old-fashioned. Yeah, it's old-fashioned, not as in 1950, but as in one. Some of y'all don't even know what I mean by that. Year one, first century church. That's how old-fashioned it is. It's 2023, Pastor. So, God doesn't change. God's Word doesn't change. So how should you talk about that a lot? Yeah, and we're going to talk about it until, until we get it. Until we get it. Until I get it. Because I give myself and I give my time way too much that thing of, excuse me, two things that don't matter. And I realize that more every year and every time the calendar clicks over and another birthday clicks over and another month clicks over like it was a day. It feels like a day and the month's gone. And it clicks over and it clicks over and it clicks over and I realize I don't have a whole lot of time left. Better redeem the time. Redeem the time, redeem the time, redeem the time, redeem the time. Let His marks be on me. May I be unique with His marks. May I be useful for the Master. But it all depends on the character of the clay. Am I going to be repentant and pliable or am I going to be rebellious and proud? Look at chapter 19 real quick and we're almost done. Chapter number 19. Here's where Jeremiah finishes up or God finishes up with Jeremiah. In chapter number 19, verse number 1. Thus saith the Lord, Go and get a potter's earthen bottle and take of the ancients of the people and the ancients of the priest. And go forth unto the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee. The valley of Hinnom, place where they sacrificed their babies to Moloch. And say, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, the which whosoever heareth his ears shall tingle. 
because they have forsaken me and have estranged this place and have burned incense in it unto other gods whom neither they nor their fathers have known nor the kings of Judah and have filled this place with the blood of the innocents. There you go, that's what he's talking about. They have built also the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. They, they're, they're burning their babies. How many babies have we killed in America? And by the way, we, we can preach against that and we'll amen it and we'll shout and we'll, we'll, we'll swing on the ceiling fans. But how, how many people give their children to the world every day? They set them in front of a TV and don't have any control over what they're watching on the TV. You're giving your child to Moloch. You're giving them to Moloch. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place... Now, by the way, there are so many avenues to get around that stuff today, it's hard to keep up with it, isn't it? But you'd better do your best. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place should no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. And what he means by that is right here, this is going to be the place where bodies upon top of bodies upon top of bodies are going to be killed and left when Babylon comes to take it. When the Chaldeans come and ravage Jerusalem, it's going to be the valley of slaughter. This very place where you slaughtered your children is going to be the place where the enemy comes and slaughters you. I don't like that, Pastor. Well, let me ask you the question. Do you think America is immune to this? We have valleys of Hinnom where babies are killed. I know it's better. I'm thankful for where we're at today as opposed to a couple of years ago. But all that blood is still on the hands, on our hands as Americans. Verse 7, he said, I will make void the council of Judah and Jerusalem in this place and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hands of them that seek their lives and their carcasses will I give to be meat for the fowls of the heaven and for the beast of the earth. See, we read the first part of the potter's house and many times that's as far as we go. And we don't talk about the fact that it all depends on the character of the clay. If the clay is going to be submissive or not if the clay is going to be rebellious, if the clay is going to say, I'm going to walk in my own devices. Notice verse number 11. In verse number 1, he said, I want you to take a bottle, an earthen bottle, a piece of pottery. And notice what happens to that bottle in verse number 11. Verse number 10, he says, Then shalt thou break the bottle in the sight of the men that go with thee, and shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people and this city, as one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again, and they shall bury them in Tophet till there be no place. To bury you say, Pastor, are you talking about me losing my salvation? I'm not talking about that at all. But I am talking about a vessel that God desires to be conformed to His image, that God desires to be unique in its mark and useful for the Master. I'm talking about a vessel who, if given to the devil, who, if given to sin, who, if given to the world, will one day be absolutely unuseful for God Almighty while He's here upon this earth. What did Paul say? Paul said, God, help me! As I have preached to others, if I myself would be a castaway, not to lose his salvation, but to be unuseful 
for the one who desired to use him. He said, God, as I preach to others, and that which I preach to others, God, help me to be genuine. God, help me to not be a hypocrite. God, help me to be a useful vessel. God, help me to be pliable and repentant in your hands, not proud and rebellious. And when I look into the Word of God, if I see something that's right, and even though it doesn't line up with my thoughts or my opinions, God, help me to submit to your Word. Look, there are people who know. There are people who know. I told this to my Sunday school class this morning. There are people who say, Pastor, you're just a dictator. You're so controlling. Really? Do you know what dictators do? I told them this morning, if I were a dictator, this building would be absolutely overflowing every Sunday. Because you know what dictators do? They lop off heads. You weren't here Sunday. Let's go. That's what a dictator does. Here's my desire as a pastor for this church and for its people. It's for every single one of us from the pastor down to be conformed to his image. There are people who know, I was going to say this, there are people who know, they know in their mind they ought to be here today. They know that the Bible says we're not to forsake ourselves. Not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Not just for a number. Not just because we can say, man, we have a lot of people. No, 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 no. The Bible gives us the reason in the verse previous. So that we can provoke each other in a good way. To love and to good works. That's why it's so important. And there are people who know who know they ought to be in God's house. They know it. By the way, they'll tell you. I know. I know. They would never verbalize it, but in their actions, you know what they're doing? They're saying Jeremiah 18, 12. I'm going to go the way of my own devices. I'm going to do my own thing. Look, there are parents who have been raised in good homes, who know how to train children. But you know what they say? I I just don't think that's for 2023. I I don't think you ought to spank kids in the year 2023. I, I don't think you ought to discipline kids like that in 2023. And they would never verbalize it, but in their actions... They say, Jeremiah 18, 12. I'm going to go the way of my own devices. I'm I'm going to use time out and I'm going to try to reason and talk to a three-year-old terrorist. You know, you don't negotiate with a terrorist, do you? Well, Johnny, if you'll do this... hmm. You can't reason with a three-year-old. can't reason with a two-year-old. can't reason with a one-year-old. You can't reason with a 30-year-old sometimes. But they, they grew up in a good home. They, they know what the Bible says. They know that their mom and dad follow the Bible. They know what the Bible says about training children. But you know, I, I heard, I, I listened to this blogger. I listened to this podcast. 
that's fine. I'm not, I'm not against that whatsoever, but you better make sure it lines up with the Word. Go listen to it, but you better make sure it lines up with the Word. And we could give illustration after illustration after illustration. We know. We know what the Bible says. Well, I just, I, you know, I, I think, I think we ought not have Sunday night services anymore. I don't think we ought to have Wednesday night services anymore. Too much church. Okay, so why don't we go back to the model in the book of Acts? And daily, right? You see, we know it. But boy, so many times we, I'm going to do my own device. I'm going to go the way of my own devices. The picture of the potter. His place is the place where the work is wrought on the wheel. The picture of his hands. His hands have the power to take that which is marred and make it again. By the way, that's true for the Christian. That's true for the, for the sinner as well, the unsaved person. God doesn't just repair, He remakes, doesn't He? Picture of the potter. The value of the vessel. As His children, look, He desires for us to be meat for the Master's use. To be honorable for Him. He wants us to bear His unique marks. The Bible says in 1 Peter, we are to be a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Paul said, I bear in my body. Now he bore in his body physically the marks. But he said, I bear in my body the marks of Christ. Any of you have any just absolutely beautiful pottery in your house? I mean, it has, it's just intricate in its designs. I, I tried to look. We, didn't, we don't have any. Any, any of y'all have a, a clay pot that's just beautiful? That's what God desires. He wants to put his marks. He wants it to be unique, but he wants it to be useful. But here's the key. See, the potter has power. His hands are the power by which that which is marred is made again. But it depends on the character of the clay. You throw the wrong kind of clay on there, you're not going to be able to make anything out of it no matter how much pressure you put on it. It's the character of the clay. Repentant and pliable or rebellious and proud. We will go the way of our own devices. As God's children this morning, first of all, let, let's be reminded Cannot I do with you? God said, cannot I do with you, house of Israel, what this potter did with that piece of clay? He can do it. You might be in here this morning, you know Christ. But boy, you just, you, you're far away from Him. Your fellowship with Him isn't right. You're, you're not serving Him. You're not doing anything for Him. You know what He wants to do? He wants to take you today and He wants to continue to, tr- to conform you to His image. He wants to take that which is marred and make it again so you can be a useful vessel for His service. But it depends on the character of the clay. Father, Father, so much more I want to say. I feel like I'd probably just repeat myself. But Lord, I pray that You'd help us today. You're the potter, we're the clay. Father, I thank You first and foremost for salvation. I thank you for the transformation you did at the moment of salvation. You don't repair us. You make us brand new. You make us a new creature as we even read this morning. 
But Father, after that, You mold us, You make us, You score us, You put those intricate details on us. You want us to look like You. And You do that with Your Word. You do that with Your Spirit. Sometimes You do that with suffering. Being made conformable to His death. And so Lord, whatever it may be today or this week, may we have a desire to be unique in our marks and to be useful to You as our Master. Help us to be repentant and pliable, not rebellious and proud. God, help us with that today. I don't know hearts, and maybe someone here today needs to be saying, I don't know, Lord, but I pray that your Holy Spirit would stir and we would move, Lord, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning, heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Joe's at the piano. Friend, if you need to come, we're going to have a time of invitation. If you're here without Christ, dear friend, if death were to take you today, are you confident that heaven would be your home? You might be of the opinion, as we said at the beginning, well, Pastor, I don't think anybody can know that. The Bible tells us in no uncertain terms we can know for sure. And if you'd be willing to step out, we'll show you that from the Scriptures, not from Maranatha Baptist Church literature, but from the Scriptures. By the way, Maranatha Baptist Church's literature is the Bible. We'll show you from the Bible that a person can know without a doubt that when death comes... We don't have to fear it because we know we're headed to be with the one who gave everything for us. Believers, what about us? Hey, listen, we we can cry and complain about the situation in our world and we ought to be angry about sin. But are we going to ever do anything about it? Are we going to ever let God change us? From being a complainer to being a worker to being a servant to being conformed instead of complaining to be conformed to His image so that we could be a useful vessel. It's natural for us to complain. It's supernatural for us to see everything that's going on and not complain but say, God, what do you want me to do about it? How, what do I need to do to do something about it? It takes the grace of God for us to be conformed to His image. We spoke about this in Sunday school this morning. It's not, grace doesn't just save. Grace sanctifies. Grace conforms us to His image. Grace gives us that which we could never do or, or, or never have the ability to do in our flesh. We'll never have the ability to be conformed to His image in my flesh. But grace gives me the ability. Cannot I do with you? Believer, are you right with Him this morning? If you're not, Why wouldn't you want to leave here right with Him today? Hey, husbands, are you right with your wives this morning? Are you doing right by your wives this morning? There might be a man in here this morning, God forbid, and God help us. might be a man in here this morning. You know in your heart you've been hiding it. You've been been unfaithful to your wife. Why don't you get that right this morning? 
I don't want anybody to know. Well, God already knows and He's the only one that matters. Might be a lady in here this morning, in your heart of hearts, you know, I've been unfaithful to my husband. Why don't you get that right this morning before you leave this place? Get it right with God first, then go get it right with your husband. Might be some teenagers in here this morning. You've been hiding some things from mom and dad. Why don't you get that right with mom and dad this morning? And first and foremost, get it right with God and then go get it right with mom and dad. That which was marred, he made it again. Christ only always living in me, the song says. Father, thank you for your word this morning. And whether it be in salvation or whether it be for a believer, Father, I'm so thankful this morning that you are the potter and we are the clay. And Father, when sin comes into our lives and it mars our lives, it mars our families, it mars our church families, Father, you can restore that. You can make it whole. Father, you can make it again what you desired for it to be from the get-go. Father, may we not forget that. Cannot I do with you? Father, as a physical potter, you are infinitely more powerful to do with us what that potter can do on that potter's wheel. May you help us to meditate on that today. Help the thought not leave us when we go home. Father, help. Please. Father, just please help us. Bring us back together tonight. We'll surely thank you for it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed this morning.